back to another edition of the Goofs and Gambles podcast. My name is Joe Pulte, joined always by my cohort, Mr. Jordan Collins, Joe Co. The college football and NFL head coaching worlds are on fire. How are you on this Thursday afternoon? It's pretty crazy seeing these uh, come to an end. It's the first time I've actually felt like, wow, I'm old. I think yeah. I've watched Saban, Belichick, Hell, Pete Carroll, kind of like the side note of that, the side story yeah. of this now. No, it's weird not going to be able to watch them next year. I feel like my entire life, they've been almost figureheads of whatever sport they were in. Pretty crazy. Yes. Uh, pretty crazy to think that it's it's all over. Well, and it's, it's now very uh, nervous uh, time for both you and me. Um, as Oregon coach Dan Lanning passed on the Alabama job. And the next two favorites are your coach and my coach. And we're like, all right, we're rational people. We're not going to overreact. We're not going to be worried. We have, we have great, you know, uh, uh, a great outlook, uh, great jobs. And yet they're just dangling there. And Yeah, I hate to be this guy, but um, my coach already came out and said that he denied the interview. Interesting. I mean, it, it makes sense, right? He's already got a top 10 job. He's got plenty of money and he's got uh, a lot of the players and, and like you said, a, a great outlook and they start SEC uh, football next year and they're probably in the top, at least in the top three favorites in the SEC. So yeah, what is, what does that accomplish for him? Not much. Yeah, I mean, the other key thing is it's not like Alabama's going to write a bigger check than we will. One, he basically busted his ass the last three years to recruit and build this program back up. Now, yes, he could just take all those players with him to Alabama, but I mean, there's, I think it's a lot bigger headache for him than it is to go to Bama, take that role, take the basically shoes will never be filled role while right now we're already talking about building statues for the guy and he hasn't even done anything. I mean, college football playoff finalist, right? Right. But why would you, it's not like you're going to take a promotion. I, 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 this sounds stupid because I don't think this is the right way to say it. It would be essentially a lateral move for a guy like Sark or Kirby smart to move to Alabama. Once again, I am not saying, let me rephrase that. I just don't think that he's going to take the same amount of money to go to where that program's going to be a bitch to fill. Yeah. And, um, you know, unlike a lot of the other um, places, right? Like, uh, let's, let's just say it's completely blank slate. Every, every coaching job is open, right? Well, you can make a case that, like, yeah, Texas living in Austin and – you know, the weather, the food, like there's a, a lot of reasons that you would be like, all right, I would enjoy my life there. Um, Athens, Georgia, right? Like it's, it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. Perfect little college town. Um, you know, even some of these uh, other places, you know, Clemson, Florida State are smaller towns, but they're, they're college towns. You are the, the big guy. Alabama to me is like <laughs> the one that has nothing else to offer other than legacy football. Right. right, and that's it's kind of like uh, taking on, I don't know, the poor guy that took on after Coach K, literally got yeah. 
shit on for a full year saying this isn't the guy, this isn't the guy, even though they made it to a Final Four, I think, without him. Uh, it's, it is just insane that the pressure that comes after filling that role. And it's not like, I've never been to Tuscaloosa. I've heard actually it's a pretty cool town, but I don't know if I can compare it to living in Austin. You you definitely can't. If if it if you took away, um, you know the the actual like recruits and players, and everything was just about the university, the quality of life living in the city, and let's just say all the money's equal. Like Alabama isn't a top twenty job, in my opinion. <laughs> to be honest. Also, but... another thing I want to say, just because I really don't think Sark's coming back, or I do think Sark will be back. Uh, Bryn, you. Uh, Jesus Christ, uh, breaking news, Quinn Ewers just said he's coming back to play. There's no way that Quinn would come back with a brand new coach. Yep. Yep. Well, that's uh, that's good for you, and it just makes me incredibly more nervous, you know, because... I'm now willing to bet that Mike Norvell is the next Alabama head coach. One, he is a good coach. Sorry, dude. It's... It's going to happen, but like you saw how we built it from ground up because Florida State was not there. So one, Bama can see that. Two, good head on his shoulders. He's not a fucking weirdo like Dabo or, oh, you could say Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh to Bama would be not a terrible idea either. Um, but like he's not a fucking insane person. He's a pretty level-headed human being. Alabama boosters would get behind that. He's a football coach. He's not a sideshow like a lot of these other schools. I personally think that's a good fit. I'm very sad for y'all because I would basically crumble your program, and I don't want that to happen. I like when Florida State's good. I think more than most coaches, Norvell is, uh, I don't know, is more principled and is more uh, built into what he's uh, building. And knows that, like, you know, with everything that's going on, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't consider it a better job. You know, I maybe Bruh. they could offer a lot more money. You know, and yes, you would start out with, you know, um, a lot more five stars, I guess. But over time, like, there's no reason to think that Bama's getting, you know, how, 10, 15, five stars a year is going to continue happening no matter who's the coach. How can you say that when your school literally was dropped out of the playoffs for no reason or for a really shitty reason? Yep. And then I Bama mean, got in. A, that's, that's already significantly pro-Bama coach versus Connor. Yeah, again, we know we're not going to be in the ACC in 18 months. Um, so... You know, we're going to be in the Big Ten or the SEC, almost more than likely. I, there's maybe a 2% chance we end up in the Big 12, but we're probably going to be in one of those two. Um, if I'm a gambling man, it's Norvell. Uh, and that sucks because that is going to change the landscape of y'all's ACC conference as well. Uh, did you hear about this other rumor that Kirby Smart might be applying for, or interviewing for the Falcons job? That would be wild. Yeah, so there's a potential. We, there could be two major schools, two major programs that lose their coach. There is a possibility that OU and Texas go into the SEC 
while everybody else is scrambling around for coach. Because then you got to think, where's Lane Kiffin going to go? Where's who's going to fill? Yeah, it's it's going to be insane if that happens. <laughs> um, interesting. Mm, I don't know. I feel like it ends up, and it's like a Bill O'Brien or maybe a dark horse they offer enough money to get kiffin but i think kiffin kind of likes where he is right now um yeah i think kiffin enjoys his expectations i don't think i think old miss really just wants a 10 win season and you beat mississippi state that's their golden expectations with the occasional massive top five win but that that's it i mean it's not like they're i think old miss has reasonable expectations and i think lane kiffin likes that and he, he's pretty chill over there yeah, because you can't do uh, NCAA football. I mean, our boy Sam Pittman is still on the table, right? Who? Sam Pittman, Arkansas coach. Oh, yeah, yeah, but no, that's not a big enough name for Alabama. So I'm looking here at the odds for national championship winner next year. Georgia, plus 300. Ohio State, plus 700. Texas, plus 750. Michigan, plus 1,000. Bama, plus 1,000. And then Oregon, Oregon, plus 1,200. All of those make sense. I mean, because um, I think what's about to happen here, and I, this is kind of the sad part of that program leaving, like for Alabama, all of those kids, I think they were told, hey, wait 72 hours to kind of figure out your life before you make a move. But I guarantee you the Georgias, Texas, LSUs of the world, they are going to vulture the shit out of that team. I mean, I'm already looking at it this way. We just lost Bo Davis, our defensive line coach, to LSU. If I'm Sark, I'm going to every single defensive coach on Alabama to have them come to Texas. It's all going to be shredded apart, and especially with the new coach coming in, whoever that is, they're going to bring in their own guys anyway. That's kind of the big thing that I would look at is seeing what coaches leave to different schools. Um, can I just – all right, so you know, I, I said all the way up to Oregon, right? And then you have LSU 15-1. to 1. Can you guess who the next team is? Uh, Ole Miss. Nope. Florida State? Nope. Those are actually the next two teams behind. Oh, I'm sorry. It's uh, Texas A&M, which I think they do that every year to get suckers like Aggies to nope. bet on it. It is not. All right. It is the Southern Miss Golden Eagles at 16-1. to 1. I think that's a mistake. <laughs> I'm just at it right now. It's no, not I'm, a mistake. What are you on? ESPN bet or Hard Rock? On Hard Rock. Yeah, that's a mistake because I'm on FanDuel right now. It goes Georgia, Ohio State, Texas, Bama, Oregon, LSU, Michigan, Ole Miss, Florida State, Texas A&M, Penn State. And these are in the 25-1 to 1 odds. Notre Dame, Missouri, uh, Clemson, Oklahoma, Tennessee, USC. I don't even see Southern Miss on there. That is a mistake on Hard Rock. Uh, not a good mistake either. I, I'm seeing you see the screenshot. Yeah, what the fuck is wrong with Um. Okay, well, uh, since this is a uh, gambling uh, show here, we don't. Next year it goes to twelve teams, right? Yep. So, Florida State is twenty to one. Clemson is twenty-five to one. 
is there any reason no. why you don't just do both of those teams and know that like there's a very good chance that one of them is making the playoffs and there's actually a pretty good chance two of them could make the playoffs and then you'd be sitting there and you know let's just assume the teams were roughly about the you know Clemson was going to be a little bit better than they were last year right and Florida State maybe a little bit drop off without Joe Jordan Travis but all those teams can beat every other one of those teams assuming obviously we still have Norvell fortunately I would not um, bet any ACC school to make it past any of these other conferences. I mean, if, you, if you're looking for a long shot to say, hey, there's a chance to get in the playoffs and get in, look at Tennessee. That Nico kid played lights out during the bowl game. He was a stud. He's probably one of the, he was, what, the top quarterback recruit a year ago, two years ago? That might be a story to watch, and that might be a Heisman ticket to watch as well. I mean, I'm looking at Heisman's right now, and I think I've stressed this enough on the show here. The fucking favorites never win. It's usually some random dude, Jaden Daniels, this year, right? I wouldn't be thinking it's crazy to take a long shot on Nico to win the Heisman next year. Or, hell, Kate Klubnick, DJ Ugga Since what well, he's with Florida State right now. You never know. So two of the 12, right? You're probably going to have four SEC, probably three to four Big Ten schools, one to two Big 12, one to two ACC, and then one to two, you know, G5 or whatever you want to call them. Uh, There's going to be one G5 program. That's kind of the, that's kind of the way it's set up, is that there will be whoever makes the New Year's Six G5 Bowl, that's the one seat, that's a seat that gets in there. That's kind of how it's set up for that. Uh, Notre Dame, it's set up for an independent, which means that they could potentially take that G5 spot. It just depends on the situation. So you're not going to get your Southern Miss. I know that's a dream we all want to have, but you're not going to get them in the playoffs. Because if Notre Dame looks good, then it doesn't necessarily matter. Uh, Conference champions get a bye, correct? So it's the top four rated conference champions. So there's already set up for one of the conference champions to not get a bye. How is that? There's no more Pac-12. Good call. I'm dumb. So yeah. Uh, so Florida State and Clemson, the winner, one of those teams is already getting a bye. Essentially, I mean, granted, yes, technically, yeah, Louisville could could surprise. They're at a hundred to one. Um, right, and that would be. What even we don't have conference championship uh, things up yet, but that would be already a kind of a long shot for the ACC. I I think I guess your best bet would be. I get what you're saying now. I'm I'm re, re back you rebuttaling can back. Florida State or Clemson, right? And that's assuming you don't think Miami or Louisville can jump them, which I don't. But it wouldn't be insane, I guess. Um, but more than likely, it's going to be Florida State or Clemson, and they're going to get a bye. And then they're in the final six, and you have them at, if you split hairs, I guess, 22 and a half to one. Yeah. I mean, at that point, might as well take Penn State in case they, because here's the thing that there's, we got to think about all the new rules and conferences to get the conference championships. There is no more divisions in the Big Ten. There is a chance that Penn State could lose one game, be in the conference championship, win it against a... Doesn't Michigan have, like, an insane schedule where they play USC, Oregon, Washington, Ohio State, and Penn State? 
it looks insane now, but none of those schools have the same quarterback or the same team. Like, Oregon's not going to have Bo Nix. Washington's not going to have Penix. USC's not going to have uh, Caleb Williams. I mean, unfor- like, and they also get Texas, too. I think Texas might be the tougher team that they played on the front part of their schedule. But, yeah, no, they do have an insane schedule just based on name and alone. But a lot of those schools are rebuilding. It may not be the same ones that we know now. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, Tennessee might be a good dark horse to put some money on. We uh, we definitely called their bowl game correctly. Granted, they were playing Iowa's offense, so that always helps. But um, yeah, um, okay. Well, that's uh, I guess our little college football preview for next year, um, which I'm sure will change with the Bama it, news. Opinions are going to change as soon as the coaching carousel starts. When the Bama coach gets hired, then we got to find the replacement for the previous coach that left that job to Bama then it's just going to be a weird cycle that we're going to follow for the next month. Hell, if Kirby goes to the Falcons, which is an insane thought to think of, that could be another thing. That This is going to be a shit show for the next month. I'm just thinking like the craziest outcome is Norvell goes to Bama, and then FSU ends up rehiring Jimbo, and all of my friends no longer want to talk to me again. <laughs> uh, do you think uh, primetime goes to any of these schools? Like, let's say Norvell does go to Bama. Don't want, we prime don't want time to Florida State. How FS, obnoxious FSU that and Prime are irreconcilable at this point. Um, uh, that's, I mean, when a money comes out, then who gives a shit? I mean, D'Amico Ryan was suing the Texans, and now he's the head coach for him, literally within a year's span. Yeah, I don't know. I just can't see that. We we have a deep dislike for Dion. And, and it started well before the Colorado stuff. Um, it was just, Yeah, when he stole was, recruits, Travis, what was it? No, no, no. I mean, even, tra- before, even before the Travis Hunter stuff, there was a lot of uh, dislike. Um, you know, we didn't see Dion often for 15, 20 years uh, after his uh, NFL career. Um, you know, he was still coach with uh, Odell Haggins, close with them. And he's definitely still had some ties to the organization for sure. But we didn't invite him back very often. Um, and he didn't come back very often. Um, you know, uh, I don't know if that was, you know, a Bowden and Jimbo uh, reasoning or what, but uh, he had some hard feelings and. We just never looked at him as the guy, even though he was, you know, incredible for us when he played for us. So, so I know yeah. it's uh, early, but uh, I'm looking at the game lines already, which are for what August 24th, Florida State, Georgia Tech. Would it be smart to take Georgia Tech plus 12 and a half right now? Are you kidding me? <laughs> is that a joke? <laughs> FSU's transfer portal is going once again incredible. Um, and we're but still if your going. coach leaves, and that's all doesn't mean anything. Yes, <laughs> but even Sorry, then, would you feel amazing? Let's just just put in the most random. Who's the most average college coach you can think of? Coach O. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm with you on that. If you put Coach O on Florida State, 
we lose, yeah, 20% of our, you know, transfers or players or whatever, I still wouldn't love, I wouldn't be excited to be like, oh, yeah, Georgia Tech plus 12. I got this one in the bag. Let's go. Like, there's just no way I would. It's not worth it. Yeah, There's not, I'm, just, I don't see I'm already advantage. looking ahead. I'm I love Fandle with their like super early lines. I mean, Texas is a one point favorite on Michigan already for September first, and that's week two of the season. Just like curious that. how that's all going to add up. I uh, think it gets it's going to get to more. I feel like, right? It, that's got to be three points by game time. I mean, shit, dude. We've lost two receivers, our entire interior defensive line, a linebacker. They're all going to the draft. I'm a little nervous. I I kind I kind of think this Alabama thing is a blessing for Texas, for them to get basically all the recruits or kids from there. I uh, I know Ryan Williams basically committed, decommitted yesterday once the Saban news retired, and he's coming to Austin this week, and then he's going to Auburn the week after that. So I'm assuming, hopefully, we can wine and dine him, yeah, and potentially doesn't go to Auburn. But I think Auburn's his next place. But yeah, no, college football, there's not another sport like this. It, this isn't crazy. This is incredible. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of the past, uh, I don't know, five to seven years, the NBA free agency. Like, I forget what day it is. It's, just, it's like July 1st or something. And for like three straight days, like, it's nothing but rumors. And this person is on a flight to Portland or this person is in the Hamptons talking to these people. Yeah. Uh, and now college football is like two and a half months of this. It's a, it's a little exhausting, but um, all right. Well, let's get on to uh, some uh, NFL. Obviously, playoff start. Um, hey, I'd like first... to, since we're starting off with NFL, based on the last show, mm-hmm. I just want to say I was correct on the Buffalo Bills. Yes, but also my... changed before to where... The Dolphins, uh, before I knew it was going to be negative degrees, if I thought it was just going to be 15 degrees outside, I would have rather gone to Kansas City than play the Bills a third time. As a, as a, as a Dolphins fan, knowing, yes, sure, it would be great to win a division. Yes, it would be great to host another playoff game, but I don't want to play the Bills. I just don't, I never want to play the Bills. Um, I'd much rather go to Kansas City. Uh, in zero-degree weather? Well, I didn't obviously I didn't realize it was going to be negative degree weather. That one it has me feeling a little uh complicated about it because obviously Patrick Mahomes in the snow in the Arrowhead not ideal. But I do think this Chiefs team is beatable. Um, yeah, for sure. And on a, you know, 30 degree day, we match up fairly good with them. They did beat us in Germany, but we easily could have won that game. We had a, a few mistakes there at the end, but I think we felt like we could beat the Chiefs. Um, but we'll see. I guess uh, just to start here in order, um, the first game, Saturday, Browns-Texans. Browns are two and a half point favorites. Uh, the over-under is 44 and a half. I do kind of like the Browns here. Am I crazy? I know, uh, you know, I, I actually enjoy uh, C.J. Stroud and the Texans' offense, but I do think the Browns are a little bit more complete. What do you got? So in the last ten matchups or ten Super Wild Card things, where the home team is a dog, they're eight and two against the spread. Um, I was kind of off on the Texans last week. If you think about it, the Colts were one single catch away from making the playoffs and being division champs. 
those aren't two incredible teams. I think the Browns defense is pretty damn good. I mean, you got a rookie quarterback in there, and I love CJ. He's done all right. I would like to bet the Texans just because of that trend there, but I don't think I can. I think I would take the Browns on the money line at minus 134. I think that's a safer play there. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. It could be a close game, like a 28-27 game there. I feel like that over is really high for this, too. I mean, I could see this really being a 21-17 type game. Or 21, yeah, it's... it's, Because when C.J. Stroud gets banged up, that's typically a low-scoring team. If you look at the Jets game they had there, I mean, he played four quarters, didn't score a single point. I mean, I could see that this is a very similar situation. I would personally take the under as well. 44.5 seems pretty low. Or pretty high for what it is going to be. Um, you know, and Miles Garrett wrecking havoc on the D line. Um, I don't think necessarily either team is going to be able to dominate on the run game. Uh, so you're basically looking at you know Flacco and Njoku and Amari Cooper versus C.J. Stroud, Nico Collins, and whoever else can be healthy enough. Yeah, on the, the Texans team. Yeah. You're right. I think you're right. Probably Browns money line is the play there. Um, okay, cool. Well, uh, as we talked about it before, next up is the Dolphins at the Chiefs. Dolphins are getting four and a half points. The over-under is also 44, uh, which is much higher than the temperature at the game. Uh, it is expected to feel like negative nine degrees uh, in this game. Um Thankfully, Tyreek is, is pretty uh, used to that. Um, I'm a little bit worried about Tua <laughs> in uh, yeah, exactly. nine, nine degrees. Uh, not ideal, per se. Um, and I don't know if that really affects Mostert or Achani, but um, I don't know. This is, this is going to be a good game, I think. Um, I think these teams match up well with each other. And... Uh, you know, who doesn't love a fun snow playoff game? That's um, going to be good. Um, here's what I'm doing for this game. Just not nothing against you. I think this is exactly what's going to happen. Uh, give me the Tua under 237 and a half passing yards and the under one and a half passing touchdowns. I don't hate that at all. Uh, no. You get those. If you parlay them together, you get it at plus 129. Uh, the under 237 and a half is minus 114 on Fandle. The under one and a half touchdowns, passing touchdowns, is minus 192. So I kind of would parlay those two together, get plus 129. Write it out. That, that should be a fun game to see it in the snow. But I just, I have a hard feeling that, I have a pretty good feeling that two is not going to do well. I don't think this is, yeah, it's not yeah. his day. We'll see. Uh, you never know. Um, you know, uh, as far as the over/under, uh, I don't know. I just uh, the Dolphins' defense has never been fully healthy. We lost um, Bradley Chubb for the year. We lost uh, somebody else. I can't remember who uh, for the year. A lot of reason here to like the Chiefs and think that yeah, it could be like a 31-20 game here, so I'm going to avoid the over-under. Um, maybe sprinkle in some Dolphin action on the teaser, because 4.5 is a decent amount for two evenly matched teams. 
Um, but yeah. All right. Next up, we got the Steelers at the Bills. Uh, this line opened, I think, Bills minus six, and is already up to Bills minus ten. Um, the over under is thirty five and a half. Um, what do you yeah, got? That under keeps dropping because Buffalo is also having a massive winter storm coming through as well. Um, yep. Personally, uh, just because I've been watching a lot of Bills games as of late. I think that's too big of a spread. I don't think TJ Watts playing. He was ruled out, but there was rumors that he could come back. I think there's some kind of stat where TJ Watt, they're like 4-11 and when he doesn't play against the spread. Don't necessarily love that with the big 10-point double-digit spread here, but I just feel like it's too big of a line for a playoff game. Also, bad weather. Josh... Josh Allen turns the ball over. I think the game's going to be closer than what the what the spread says. Um, I love the potential to put this in a teaser um, to get Steelers plus 16 or more. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know. Something, uh, every time that things are going too good for the Bills a really, really random game is about to happen. Like when they lost to the Jags 9-6 to six or um, any any of those type of things. And this just feels like another one of those things because the Steelers team is, you know, well-coached. Uh, Najee has finally been playing better. Jalen Warren's doing good. Mason Rudolph is obviously better than Kenny Pickett. Um, you know, it just takes a couple big plays and then a couple untimely turnovers, which the Bills are known for. Uh, yeah, give me the, the Steelers and the points uh, here. And then I'm going to lean slightly on the over, just because 35 and a half is low, but it goes on my theory of anytime one team could cover the over on their own, right? Let's just say it's the worst case scenario for the Steelers. They go in and turn the ball over. All of a sudden... Bills have 27 points at halftime. Like, the Bills can easily score 35 on the Steelers if everything goes right. Um, so, give me a slight lean there on the over. All right. Uh, next up, we got Green Bay at Dallas. Uh, Dallas is a minus seven point favorite. Uh, the over under in this is 50 and a half. Uh, obviously, they're expecting a little bit of a shootout uh, with this one. Um, I don't know. I, I, am I scared taking the Cowboys minus seven? Not really. Are you? I mean, Cowboys at home have been a different animal. Uh, I think they've beaten their opponent by like 50 points on average. Some shit yep. like that. Uh, I'm not sold on the Green Bay Packers. They haven't looked awesome the last month. They did beat the Bears, but was it a really pretty game where they beat the Bears? I didn't think so. No. Give me the Cowboys minus seven. I'll I'll live with that. Yeah, I have a feeling that Mike McCarthy's going to shit the bed. He hasn't beat the Packers since he's left. Wouldn't be shocked if there is a massive upset there. But it's Cowboys at home have been completely unstoppable this year. I mean, other they had one close game. I think it was a Lions game. Where it yep. wasn't just an absolute takedown. Yeah. Cowboys yeah, at home. Give me minus seven. 
this is definitely another game that uh, looks uh, very, very delicious for a teaser. Um, you know, getting the Cowboys yeah, to minus one. Cowboys down to damn near one or two. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, give me the Cowboys. And I don't know, 58 does seem a little bit high. Probably staying away from the over-under on that one. But Okay, well, the next up, uh, you know, people are calling this the, the Matt Stafford uh, Bowl, but what about the, the Jared Goff uh, Bowl uh, here? You know, Jared Goff did take the Rams to the NFC Championship. Uh, so this is a little bit of a revenge game for him. Uh, Lions at home hosting a, a playoff game. This is going to be a sight to see. Um, really, really going to be a fun game, I think. Uh, Lions are favored by three. The over-under is 51.5. And, and it wouldn't shock me if, even though it's the highest over of the weekend, I still kind of like the over. Yeah, I love the over. Actually, I don't. I would be shocked if either one of these teams don't score more than twenty-five points each. Yep. Uh, this is going to be a fun game. This will probably be the best super wild card game of there. I'm leading the Rams plus three and a half. That's what I have them at. I'm not sure what your book does. Uh, give me the hook. Give me the over. Hell, I might even take Rams money line. I just feel what the Lions got pretty banged up on their last game for no reason. Yeah, really the only the reason I I think I'm leading Lions is simply because I know that they can have the game where you need to run the ball a bunch, right? Montgomery yeah. and Jameer Gibbs. But I also know that they can do the game where Jared Goff needs to throw 45 passes and put up 40 points and and just turn it into a gunslinger. Um, I and mean, I you could like... say the same for the Rams, though, right? Kyron Williams has been pretty damn good if they need yeah. to throw it a shit ton of times. So they got Puka and uh, Cooper Cup. Yep. Yeah, um, just gun to my head. I'm just gonna go Lions. Uh, maybe that's just because I want the Lions, or I just think it would be awesome for the Lions to finally, uh, you know, have some sort of success. I know you as a, Bear, a Bears fan may be a little conflicted, but you know, if the Bears are out of it, why not root for the Lions? I'm actually at that point. The only team I don't want to win is the Packers. Um, it'd be cool to see the Lions too, because it kind of gives me hope. If they can do it, so can we, maybe in the near future. So I'm not, I'm not anti-Lion guy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's no reason, especially after the past 30 years, there's no reason to really be anti-Lions. Um, okay. And then the last game, Monday night, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, the brotherhood of the Eagles, uh, going into Tampa Bay. Uh, Tampa Bay hosting a playoff game here. Baker Mayfield, a lot of questions about, is, is he healthy? Um, the over/under is 44. Bucks are getting three points. This is a really tough game for me because if this Baker might be the was, easiest bet I make all week. <laughs> if Baker was 100% healthy, I feel like the Bucks can really match up um, with the Eagles. But based on last week, I'm not 100% convinced that he is healthy. Now, the um, flip side of this is I'm not sure the Eagles are as good as they were last year, and or healthy. AJ Brown, yeah, A.J. Brown got hurt. Devonta Smith, I don't think he's back for this one. Um, yeah, this is the easiest bet I think I could make of the week. Give me the Buccaneers plus three. That would be something. That would be wild. It would be wild for the Eagles to go out like that. Um, no, I really think if the Eagles lose this game, and I think they will, I would even take Bucks' money line here. 
I'm I'm going back to the home dog trend in the playoffs here. So yeah, I'm taking the Bucks plus three. I'm taking the money line. I think if the Eagles lose, they're gonna fire the whole coaching staff. On a year when they went eleven and six and went to the Super Bowl the year previously. That's what I love about sports. Sometimes it's so irrational. <laughs> it is, but like I think you've I, I don't think I've ever seen a more botched job for the last what six weeks. Basically after the Kansas City game, their whole season went to shit. Yeah, it's been very weird. Lots of weird reports, divided locker room, escape rooms, um, things you just never want to see uh, in the news uh, concerning your team. So, um, yeah. All right, screw it. You know what? Give me the Bucks plus three and a half. Uh, I'll ride with you uh, on that one, the home dogs. Um, okay, anything else uh, for football this weekend? No, not really. I'm... I'm kind of laying off the props. I feel like those are set up for failure. At least my experience now where it's like, okay, this guy's got 47 yards in one half and then decides to not get a single target afterwards. Probably laying low for a little bit, but that's kind of my picks for the NFL betting for the wildcard weekend. Um, okay. um, what do you want to do next? We got some NBA. We got some NCAA, a little bit of hockey. Uh, quick little diddle here for uh, college basketball. I'm not trying to get way too deep into it. But okay. uh, Eastern Carolina, or not, Eastern Kentucky, two seconds, I'll find the damn thing. Eastern Kentucky and Central Arkansas. I've been posting in the group chat, anytime you see Central Arkansas and Arkansas State, one of those two schools, you bet the over. Eastern Kentucky is another really good high-powered offense, terrible defense from both sides. Take the over at 151 and a half. It was 152 last night, moved up to 153, then dropped all the way back down to 152. I think there's some movement there. I think we're still on the right side with the over, so I like that. Uh, first half bet here. Just because religiously I don't bet anything that's minus four and a half to minus five and a half. Maryland, they are playing, pulling it up right now. They are playing Michigan. Michigan is pretty piss poor in basketball. Not a good program. Maryland is a good program. Normally, I would say, hey, maybe take the five and a half full game, but I think the minus three and a half at the first half spread is well-deserved. I think that's better value than the actual spread itself, the full game spread. Let me see here. First half, first half. Okay. And then uh, maybe this is a parlay because the juice is pretty high on both of these teams. Uh, Cal Baptist and then Towson. Both are anywhere from like 175, 180 to minus 200. I think if you parlay those two together, you get a pretty even line there. Uh, like those two teams to win outright today. And I think you said, what was it? It was uh, Arkansas State and Texas State. You said Arkansas. Anytime you see Central Arkansas or Arkansas State, those two Arkansas schools bet the over. Yeah, 143 and a half is the over on that one. A little sprinkle on that for fun. Yeah. Cool. Uh, And then my next one, like uh, Cal Baptist at minus 172. And then Towson. Towson, money line. Again, Stony Brook, it's minus 220. 
if you parlay those two together, you should get a pretty even num number there. Cool. Uh, what is it, plus right, 130? Yeah. Yep, uh, that's 30. probably it for me in college basketball. I have a small sprinkle in Sacramento State plus nine. Maybe take a little smaller sprinkle on the money line. I think that's a team that they could beat. They're at home. As we've noticed watching college basketball this year, home teams typically, uh, they do some weird shit. I mean, we just watched UCF take down Kansas. We watched Purdue lose. We watched at on the a lot of these teams are struggling on the road. So kind of want to take that. I know Sacramento State's not playing anything too spectacular, but home teams are usually doing really well in college. Heading to the clips of the UCF uh, Kansas uh, yeah. with the palm trees in the background. <laughs> our our UCF Pat UCF Pat fan uh, fan of the pod uh, was. A, a very, very proud of the palm trees in the background. You fucking uh, should be. I mean, that it was fun to watch the whole game last night. It was, I love a good storming of the court. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in this case, I feel like it's, it's not that big of a deal, you know, although they will be playing them every year. They haven't played them ever before. So no, it's their first, it's their first big 12 win. The last time they had a ranked win, or a win against a ranked opponent was against Florida State in 2020. And they were number 15 at the time. No, this was the biggest win in UCF history. Potentially in all sports. I would put it over them beating Auburn in their bowl game. Absolutely go celebrate that. <laughs> okay. All right. Anything else on college? Uh, no, college basketball is pretty weak. They usually have really shitty days Thursdays and Fridays so they can wind up and kind of go all in on Saturday. Yeah. Makes sense. Okay. Uh, any NBA or hockey you want to touch on real quick? Uh, a couple hockey plays, nothing too spectacular. Uh, there's what? Six. Maybe I'm crazy here. There's seven games. I got a lot more than seven. Maybe my book just sucks. I got 13 games today. Oh shit. All right. Well, I needed to be better at this. Uh, anyways, my first pick, I kind of wanted to roll with uh, the Oilers at the Red Wings. Both of these teams are pretty high power. I would take the over at six and a half. Um, next thing. Uh, Ottawa's been pretty shitty this year. Sabres haven't been great, but I do think since it's in Buffalo at Sabres, I would take the Sabres money line at minus 126. Um, next thing I like. Uh, to me, uh, I don't think the Blues are that good. Um, and the Rangers definitely are. Minus yeah, 160. Dude, but the terrible. Rangers are fucking weird. They lose to shitty teams but beat, beat good teams. That's basically what I've noticed all year long with them. So it kind of worries me. I feel like every time I bet on the Rangers, they've lost. Uh, here we go. Give me the under on this game because we got two top goalies in net. Bruins at the Knights. Give me the under six and a half at minus 132. Still there? 
Yep. Anything else you got for some hockey? Uh, a couple props here. Uh, Jake Gunsel. He's on the Vancouver Canucks. Or I'm sorry, rephrase that. He's playing against the Vancouver Canucks, which are basically last on shots on goal for his position. Um, he's hit this in his last three games against the Canucks. So I do like him. He's on uh, Penguins. I think his over three and a half shots on goal seems pretty good value there at minus 120. Uh, your Rangers here, Artemi Panarin, take his over three and a half shots on goal. That should be pretty good. Um, something I've been doing lately, just for teams that have gone back-to-back games, I've been taking the unders on the first period. So games that I have on that system is the Bruins and Knights. So I like the under on the full game, like the under in the first period. So both of those should correlate together as two wins. Then I like the Sharks and the Canadians to go under their first period as well. Um, one of the props uh, I like is uh, Mac- Macachuk, uh our, our boy here uh, for the Florida Panthers, uh, over two and a half uh, is minus 167, which is a low total for him and, and decent odds. And he just, his last game, had a hat trick. Uh, so I'm hoping that that kind of wakes him up a little bit uh, as far as being an offensive weapon and, you know, getting shots on goals that we're used to seeing him uh, get. Yeah, I mean, I might go a little crazy on that game now I'm looking at it. I might go Kings Moneyline at plus one. At all. Kings they, they match up well with the Panthers, I feel like. Right. So I will add that as one of my picks for hockey today, and I'll probably be done after that. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Uh, anything else you got for today? No, I I mean, we have a random 2 o'clock game for the NBA today, uh, Nets and Cavs. For funsies, I will bet the Cavs minus 3. Yeah, Nets are, aren't very good. Uh, that is weird. It's a 2 o'clock game. but Or 1 o'clock your time. Uh, 2 p.m. my time. 1 o'clock your time. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, I got a game here in a little bit. Yeah. So, um, okay, cool. Well, uh, thank you, everybody. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to like, follow, subscribe. Hit us up on the interwebs. Hit us up on our discords. And, uh, yeah, we'll hopefully have a great weekend here and be back early next week with some more uh, goofing and gambling. Oh, boy. Jimbo reunites in the chat. All righty, guys. Talk to you all later.